0: Hey guys and welcome to this week's episode of of We're Spinning Plates.
1: Plates. I'm I'm (laughs) Kira.
0: We really get that in sync, like you know. I was—we
1: kept yeah, real
0: time, considering you good. were saying it so fast last well, time.
1: But clearly, I wasn't. <laughs> I was We've just it. had a little bit of an argument over <laughs> who was starting the podcast, and that is the result. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that horrifying revelation. That wasn't even planned. We just like, both yeah. wanted to start. That's a Frankenstein of an intro, if you ask me. Um, yeah. But <laughs> so how do we go from there on out? Who starts it next week? <laughs> we just have to see who who beats the other one to the the start
1: line, essentially. What so? Um, yeah. yeah, hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of West Spinning Fleets. If you didn't catch that, I'm Kara. <laughs> I'm Em. We've recorded this intro about 20 the, times. 30? Uh, 31? 30, no, what? No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> I went today. Not in total. God, this is a hot mess, and we've barely begun. Let's just start it off with. What was your weekly high
0: and low? Okay, I have to say before we jump into my high and low, I really struggled to think of my low this week. so My low is definitely not like a really bad thing, but that's good. I feel like I I was disappointed because I like to have a high and low, but actually I should be thinking about this in the bigger picture and it's good because I had a good week. So my high of the week is actually the simple gesture of Jay bringing me a chai latte from Pret on one of the days when I was working but he wasn't. Oh that's so cute. Yeah, we don't always have like the same days off because of his like uh shift pattern. So there's some days where he is at home and I'm obviously in the office working but he is just out and about doing stuff and he turned up with an oat milk chai latte from Prep for me one day and also your fave. A... that's the way to your heart. It really is and also a Prepped uh dark chocolate and almond <gasps> vegan cookie. It the was, combo it was such a vibe. So that was absolutely the high of the week and it was just one of those things where it's like such a small thing but makes you so happy or makes me so happy at least so I absolutely loved that but then keeping on the foodie theme my low of the week is actually
1: dinners <laughs> dinners dinners <laughs> their existence or the dinners you've been having
0: I think it's more so my inspiration levels for dinners which is at an all-time low at the moment I feel like I'm just really struggling to think of things that I am excited to make and that are, you know just like making me look yeah forward you've got to into a food rut yeah like it's like nothing that I'm eating is bad like I'm not not enjoying the food but I'm also not like oh, I can't wait to make insert meal here for dinner so It's just a bit of a shame. I'm feeling a bit uninspired with dinners at the moment.
1: See, the TikTok algorithm is serving me up a <laughs> mixture of kittens, which I always enjoy, yeah. Cocker Spaniels, which I also <laughs> enjoy, <laughs> and What I Eat In A day is Every other TikTok on my feed is a What I Eat In A Day, Love and it's that. providing me with so much inspiration for particularly snacks, and also it just makes me crave so much food all the time, mm-hmm. so I feel like I'm having the opposite problem in that I want to eat everything and I can't cram it into one day. I need to start looking for more What I Eat In A day. I've had the What I Eat In A
0: Day algorithm, and then gradually it's moved away to other things, as the TikTok algorithm tends to do. So at the moment, I'm not getting much of that food inspo, so maybe I need to start watching some more and get a little bit of, like, a, yeah. a rejig. Things that I wouldn't necessarily think of that are a bit out of my foodie comfort zone might
1: be what I need to just, like, reignite my fire. <laughs> maybe the algorithm will hear this. Your phone will hear this. Listen and to TikTok. It'll... Yeah, <laughs> TikTok, server up some what I eat in a day. It's my favourite thing, especially when people are doing intuitive eating, and so mm. there's just so many fun things and there's no mention of calories whatsoever like that kind of positive food community vibe as you just said is what I'm all about at the moment so yeah that's definitely a weekly high for me I could spend hours watching people's what eat in a day it's just so nice to just see what people are going to eat and people getting creative with food like yeah yeah, it's definitely easy to get into a food rut where you're just getting the same weekly shop with the same ingredients every every single week so I do get that Mm -hmm. um my low of the week I'm going to start off with the low because it's a repeat Uh. Is that every time I step outside, I am just completely bowled over with hay fever, we just walked through the park, we did the whole yeah. get a hot, hot chocolate, I was going to say hot chocolate but neither of us got that, get an oat mocha, get an oat chai, <laughs> walk through the park um, and then come and record the podcast and as soon as I hit anywhere with grass it's I'm just amazing it really wasn't it does, Yeah, and that
0: happened to you the other day, you walked over to watch Made in Chelsea and yep. you were so sniffly for the first like half an hour
1: and then once you're inside for a little bit it goes, it goes away. away but it is like it hits it's such you, like it's a, a curse. it's such a curse, the only thing that made it slightly better today is that we just saw some baby ducklings. We saw so
0: many there was a baby duckling there was two other birds
1: I don't know. <laughs> I was like wow she's going to know the names I'm, of these really, birds. I like
0: Jay would know the names of those birds. I don't know. It's like a little um, black bird with like a white head. And then the chicks are really fluffy, and they're black fluffy, but then with a red head, and it turns white as they get older. I oh, didn't know that. Um, for any bird aficionados listening, <laughs> You oh, might a snazzy know. little word. Thank you. Really, I've never even as, heard that before. As I said it, I was scared that I was going to stumble over the word. But, but you did I it. it you know I it out. yeah. Yeah, creds wow, to you. thanks. Yeah, so that
1: made the hay fever better, and then <laughs> in terms of a high of the week, I feel like you're going to appreciate this too. Yeah. So... Taylor Swift announced the next album that she's going to be re-releasing and she is re-releasing Red, which I am so excited about because not only is that like my favorite Taylor Swift album, should have got a Grammy, I'll Die on This Hill, it is in my top two albums of all time, like I just adore that album. So the fact that she's re-releasing it next is music to my ears and the fact that there's going to be 30 songs on it. It's
0: a lot of songs like that's crazy works hard
1: but Taylor Swift works harder harder. and that's like her heartbreak album I said to Ben like you're gonna need to break up with me the day before (gasps) so that I can then experience it as a heartbreak album no and then he can we can get back together the day after (laughs) yeah um I have to say I'm not as excited
0: about this as you not sad times like so the reason being that I'm not a lifelong Taylor Swift fan like you I've not been A stan since I was, like... A stan? A stan. I don't (laughs) like to think of myself as a stan. You are a stan. (laughs) You're a big stan. Um, but yeah, I mean, how old were you when you started listening to Taylor Swift? I think I was, like, ten. I have got a Taylor Swift tattoo, like... Yeah, so, like, it's it's a part of your soul in, like, a deep way. Um... (laughs) I I haven't been listening to her for as long. I feel like 1989 was the first album of hers yeah. that I, like, knew a fair few songs from and really liked. And then since then, I've definitely liked her a lot more. But Red is not one that I have, like, a nostalgic connection to. So I'm yeah. sure I'll listen to some of the songs. But I'm not as excited in advance because I don't, like, I'm, I don't really know many of the songs from it. Yeah. Okay. But
1: I'm yeah. I'm a
0: bit sad with that. I'm excited
1: it. for you. I just the fact that there's going to be so many like songs that we haven't heard from that era where her music was just my favorite music ever and mm. still it is. Oh, it's just uh, yeah. yeah i feel I'm like very happy that paired with which is also something i was going to talk about in the roundup the fact that the one tree hill he blah, 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 Ooh, tree the one hill. tree hill girls have started their podcast yeah it feels like both elements of like that time of my life that i remember most strongly as my teenage years have come back that is that is actually really year, really nice you know which is just so nostalgic yeah. it's so comfort. Com- oh my comforting. god I can't speak. it's so comforting um so i might as well transition and talk about what i was gonna talk about later which mm-hmm. is the fact that i have now listened to the first episode of the One Tree Hill Drama Queens podcast, which has the three main ladies from One Tree Hill. Um, and I'm mentioning this again, which I think is my third week in the row mentioning it, because people that listen to the episodes DM me. So I know you are out there and you are enjoying it too. <laughs> so I listened to the first episode and basically the kind of concept of this, mm-hmm. which I guess you can apply to any TV show that you loved, yes. is that they are going to watch it back together Ooh. and do a commentary on every episode where they talk about like filming it, their experiences. They've never, none of them have ever watched Watched it, like they've filmed it, but oh, they really? never watched it. Um, and they're going to talk about like the behind the scenes of it, which I just think that's so that cool. That sounds like a really good
0: thing because I was going to say that like, sounds kind of similar to the Gilmore Guys podcast, yeah which is two guys, one who is a long time Gilmore Girls fan and one who's never seen the show before, oh, get together, that. watch the episodes and discuss them like throughout the whole series and stuff. And they have some episodes with like cast members on, so that's really interesting. But I think the added interest is the people who we're in, in it. it, yeah, and then like re, like revisiting it, so I feel like that's
1: like definitely Guys on a whole other level. And I think I'm gonna end up because it's like one episode a week. I think I'll probably watch it along with it. So I haven't rewatched one Tree Hill for a good year and a half now, so I might rewatch it along with it and have the full experience. Mm. But it was so interesting because in the first episode, it was more of a, like an introduction. They're coming together for the first time in a long time to like do a project together. Yeah, and it was just such an interesting conversation with them reflecting on how they acted when they were in one Tree Hill and how they were. Like the three main women, and yet even the directors and like the people, the producers and the people that made the show wanted them to compete against each other, and they didn't want them to be friends Mm, in real life. That's
0: horrible. And it's
1: so like interesting, but also kind of disgusting to hear that about the industry. Yeah. Um. But the fact that they've come through that stronger than ever as three women who support each other, champion each other, and are now doing a project over ten years later is really, really cool. So if anyone else listened to that this week, I hope it brightened your week as much as it did mine. Yeah. It was. Such a highlight. It's so nice, especially, I think, because obviously you talked about
0: the Brooke. Yeah, Sophia Bush. Yeah, and how she would be at your dinner party or you yeah, admire her yeah, both, both Brock would both be at the dinner party sophia
1: bush admire and then yeah. just a few weeks later this amazing news i just honestly the, the fact that i can consume this and also the red album re-released in one year is just more than i could ever wish for so it's been a good wow. good week of like nostalgic things being announced i, love that. And released. I really i
0: feel like nostalgia is just something Real special. So as my segue from there, I (laughs) you you talking about One Tree Hill the other week. Obviously, I mentioned nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, and and I was gonna watch it with you, and we have watched an episode together. But I couldn't wait to watch it with you. So I'm now like halfway through season one on a rewatch. And have you gone
1: ahead since Tuesday?
0: (laughs) <laughs> i'm really sorry star- but the thing is, is that i didn't mind re-watching the other episode with you so okay. you can just pick up and watch as many as you want on your and own time and then we can come together and then, yeah we yeah. Can just watch them whenever you're here so i just thought i had to i couldn't stop myself and um, so understandable i'm really loving it it's a
1: lot of fun um
0: it's just really nice. I, I just think like... going
1: back and watching a show that comforted you when you were a teenager mm-hmm. is such a nice thing to do as an adult. Yeah, and also it's nice to see ones that stand the
0: test of time because like yeah. it's been a long time since I watched Nine Two or now and I wasn't sure how good or bad it was gonna be, but I'm definitely enjoying it and you liked the first episode. So. Yeah,
1: definitely something that I want to continue with. I feel like shows from that era, so 90210, One Tree Hill, which I do think you would like. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe we can watch the first episode of that. Huh? Okay. I'll um, that. and then the OC as well. I feel like they all fall into that category of like teen angst that is just so comforting to watch. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So we had to watch 90210. I feel like the segues are coming thick and fast enough. Segues all around. Um, because Made in Chelsea, the most recent season, came to an end. We So cry. we've watched, you know, the entirety either commenting on it every week with each other. Yeah. And we couldn't meet in person. And then we've watched the other episodes yeah, in Yeah, What were your thoughts on the Made in Chelsea recent season?
0: Hmm. What are my thoughts? Now, I think the fact that we were... Chatting about it together throughout the whole season definitely brought an extra element of fun into it. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of when I was younger and I'd watch it with my mum and my sister and we'd like chat about it on like a like Tuesday after school, so it'd have been on on the Monday night, and it was really fun. And I feel like I kind of like fell off the Maiden Chelsea bandwagon for a few years when I was watching it on my own. And I think watching yeah, it with someone, it having helps. someone to chat about it, it just makes it suddenly way more engaging. So in that instance, really enjoyed it. However, I think
1: yeah, COVID that was a long <laughs> breath you took
0: <sighs> COVID is everywhere and I feel like um you know, in Made in Chelsea, they've had to do, like, bubbles and go away to different country houses whether they're in, like, groups so that they can kind of get around social distancing and all of that stuff. And obviously, grateful that they did that so that we could have a season, but at the same time, I it got a little Chelsea. bit, like, it was, yeah, the last episode, they were
1: back in Chelsea and it was it's so much more so enjoyable. fun,
0: but it kind of made me sad because, like, I wish that there was more episodes like this, but yeah. hopefully there'll be a new It season. definitely
1: left it on a cliffhanger that I'm eager to watch the next season, but this season at times just felt a bit dry. bit draggy, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it felt like
0: maybe obviously it's orchestrated it's not like yeah. a you know natural
1: thing apart from that one moment that we witnessed that was probably the oh. most unscripted awkward thing i've ever it seen made on TV. Uncomfortable though. i was like oh my god this is too raw i don't like <laughs> it <laughs> we were literally we, we had our hands over our eyes if you've watched the final episode the scene, scene with miles and ruby, ruby we couldn't even watch it. We were like secondhand embarrassment for the whole
0: thing. It was like Miles' confidence that he's usually got it was just seemed to disappear, and it was so ah awkward. <laughs> but um, yeah. So there was lots of things that felt quite orchestrated. and I feel like even more so in this season because like random people would just turn up. Yeah, at and then
1: leave the house. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: So anyway, I enjoyed it as much as you know. I love Made in Chelsea in general, but I'm excited for like a
1: normal season hopefully to come over the summer. Yeah. Any other? So I've got. I haven't done this in a while but I've got a surprise like end of like roundup segment slash question thing that I want to ask you but have you got anything else you want to mention before I go on to
0: that? I do, yeah. I've got... Two more things, both related to Oscar. Just thought I'd give you a quick mm-hmm. little cat update. Um, because he's been very naughty this week. <laughs>
1: Oscar. <laughs> I he's... can hear him meowing.
0: Yeah, he's so rowdy. Um, but the first thing that he's been doing is that he's suddenly gotten really greedy. So he's always been greedy as <laughs> oh, in like, you what been watching what I, did, what I eat in a day. Why
1: can't I speak <laughs> what I eat in a day TikToks? He must
0: have been, you know, he's been on the trend and he's, he's like, I want to try that. But yeah, so he's always greedy for cat food and he knows exactly what he's re- meant to be fed and he will start meowing and by that I mean at like three o'clock in the morning he's like "Um, it's almost time for breakfast and I'm like I don't know what clock you're on but not now um but he's started getting interested in human food so Jay's family were around the other day and his little sister had put um a plate that was like had a few chips with some ketchup left on it like she'd finished with her plate Oscar came in from outside stood up at the table obviously it's like a small coffee table not like a kitchen table he's not that tall um and started eating the chips. <laughs> took <laughs> took some chips off the plate, ate
1: them, came back for more. I was like, cats are not meant to eat chips. Yeah, but if you try a chip, then you can't only eat one. But like, then that's the rule. I made all the of porridge,
0: and he tried to, well, he licked the peanut butter in the porridge bowl. I
1: was like, oh, Did wow. he do that thing that
0: dogs do where they're, you know, it's so dry and they're hungry? He valets. didn't get much of it. I'm very precious about my peanut butter, so I was like, get away from that yeah, right now. I can imagine. And then I also had. Brave a, Oscar. Marmite and Hummus Bagel Ooh. And he didn't get his hands on that. I don't think he would have liked Marmite, but the
1: look in his eyes when I was eating that bagel, it was like he would have killed me for it. I've got this photo of Bobo when I went <laughs> home to my parents' house and I had an almond croissant and I left oh. it on the bed on a plate and then I took a photo because he's literally like about to lick it. I think cats just see human food sometimes and they're like, that looks way better than the shit you give me. I know. I mean, cat food looks
0: and smells horrific, but they <laughs> seem to like it, so I can't judge. Um, so that was one thing he's done that's naughty. The other thing is that we have... He sleeps in the same bedroom as me and Jay at night time, and we've got like obviously a bed with a headboard. (laughs) Shocker! And on the headboard, I've got like a clip on lamp that is like touch one, so you touch it and it turns on, touch it and it turns off. Um, Oscar, in a plea to wake us up for his breakfast, has been jumping onto the headboard and then turning the light on. no that's not a naughty thing that's a skill it's a skill so i've had to turn it off from the plug now i'm like you can't be doing this you that's just like don't...
1: when cats open doors and i'm like you shouldn't be doing that it's like the cravendale advert when cats begin cats to take over the world, the world. Yeah. yeah oh god. creepy vibes from oscar this week don't kill me oscar he's becoming a human he's
0: becoming a human and probably a cleverer human than either jay or i so. a not... <laughs> No. No. <laughs> <laughs> i only meant because he's so beautiful oscar is the most beautiful cat he's, i've ever seen he's beautiful he's clever Everyone loves him. I he could literally take over the whole. world. <laughs> no, but just not as beautiful as him. I mean, him. he is, like, on,
1: on his own league. He is, yeah. Oscar's league is... It's a special place It's an elite one. Are you ready for my question? Oh, I am, yeah. Okay, it's not a hard one. It's just like a fun one to think about. So I've got two people to credit on this. Mm -hmm. I saw it on my friend Rachel's story. She's Rachel Kerris on Instagram and YouTube. Mm -hmm. And she, when I asked her where the question was from, because she said it was from another podcast, she said it was from the Gals on the Go podcast. Which I've never listened to, but I have now subscribed to because I was like... You know curiosity let's give it a listen so okay. we'll report back on that and the question is ha- whoa I nearly <laughs> fell off the table hypothetically there is 25 hours in a day what do you do with your extra hour if you had an extra hour every day and you had to dedicate it to one activity what would it be <sighs> That's such an... Uh, I, um, uh,
0: I, don't I don't know. know. Yes, yeah, please. So I've had
1: time to mull this one over. Okay. So this morning when I got up, I actually only realised my answer to this one this morning. I think I decided I'd rather have a morning hour than an evening hour because the evenings sometimes I can get a bit bored yeah so this morning it was kind of overcast outside so I opened my window made myself a on point coffee I do mm-hmm. have to say so it was very good I've just invested in the moaning caramel syrup Ooh. that they use at Starbucks and it has taken everything Yum. to another level so I made myself a coffee lit a candle nice opened the window and was just reading and I was like I would love an extra hour of this mm-hmm. so I, so that I didn't have to wake up as early before work but I'd still be able to get that okay
0: you've inspired me actually because i feel like reading throughout the work week takes a back seat for me yeah. because in the morning jay and i will get up we'll go to the gym i will come back have a shower and then usually just don't have enough time to make a cup of tea and some breakfast before sitting down to do work so it's like i get everything that i want like everything that i need to get done gets done but reading i don't have time for and yeah. then in the evening i I just wanna eat dinner and watch Grey's Anatomy on Out. I don't really wanna do reading, yeah. um, which probably makes me I'm a bad, always not.
1: I'm always more productive in the morning when it comes to reading. It's just
0: not, like on an evening, I just want to wind down. I don't really wanna focus on anything. And your eyes are tired after working, especially like, yeah. when we just stare at screens all day. Like Absolutely. So I think if I had an extra hour, then that would mean that if I had it in the morning, I could go to the gym, still get back, have a shower, have breakfast and everything, but I could also fit in some reading
1: before starting work. So yeah, love that. I just think an extra hour in the that, that morning space to enjoy coffee and a book would just be ideal I did think we would both have similar answers there but I just thought it was a really fun question it and fun it really question. I think it kind of sums up who you are as to what your answer is there Yeah. because it has to be like your favourite thing and also the time of day you pick I think would say a lot about you because I know a lot of mm. people I think would say an evening hour because they yeah. love the evening evenings
0: are worthless to me
1: yeah I mean I just get really tired I've eaten dinner I'm in bed and I'm it kind of a bit be an extra hour, hour of sleep for it me it would be an extra hour be, of TikTok yeah. for me oh yeah that's good <laughs> thing. so I just think in the morning that would be really great but yeah I thought. That was a fun question to ask in the podcast. So credit to Rachel and also the Gals on the Go podcast for that one.
0: Love it! I love it! I love your like yeah. random questions. They really brighten up this this segment. I love this segment in general, but this question. Yeah, this is my fave. That's and a, a bit very spice
1: media. Yeah, spice it up. Very media heavy, like in terms of podcasts and music and TV. But yeah. it's just been a very
0: that's well, sort of yeah, week
1: that's just what week it's been also we're recording on a Friday so we haven't had a weekend since we last recorded no we
0: haven't so clearly it's what we spend our weeks yeah. doing <laughs> <laughs> this is an
1: accurate reflection of our roundup after we've just had weekdays yeah. TV Taylor Swift announcements and reading love it which I yeah I respect us it's a vibe let's move on to the main theme <laughs> Okay, so this week's main theme was actually inspired by something that happened in my personal life and Kira had the brilliant idea of adapting it into a main theme because I'm so brilliant (laughs) and clearly quite modest. Yeah, obviously. So this week's main theme is about knowing when to quit. And that's pretty, I think that's pretty broad. You could apply that to a variety of things, which I'm sure we'll discuss. Mm -hmm. But it actually came about because I made the decision after a few weeks ago making such a big deal (laughs) about adapting the content of my YouTube. I decided to take a break from YouTube. I have not really said that anywhere. I'm not going to make... A big announcement video on YouTube because I'm not. I mean, I know that's the title because, you know, we need a catchy title. I'm not <laughs> quitting YouTube forever, yeah. I don't think. I think there's always the possibility that I will go back, but it just got to a point where. I can't fit everything in in my life I think it's important to recognize when you're spinning too many plates and the one plate that as I've mentioned before which is kind of why I moved it down to one video a week in the first place Mm -hmm. um was that I just wasn't writing I didn't have the time or the energy and I really took a long hard look at myself and my life and thought is the plate that I want to keep smashing writing Mm -hmm. like when I look back on my life will I regret that I chose YouTube over writing which is you know why I started my YouTube and it's such a big Passion of mine, yeah. and so I decided that right now, at this point in my life, I would regret that. I think so. Mm-hmm. YouTube has taken a backseat. I will not, I'm not saying I'm quitting forever, I just can't afford to post right now. I don't have the time or the energy, and I'd rather direct that into you know my biggest passion, which is writing. So, yeah. that and kind of. That mindset of knowing when to call it quits on something I think is what sparked this week's theme.
0: Yes absolutely because when you talked about that I was like you know it's obviously not a decision that you've made lightly and it's kind of like figuring out like what you wanted to do with your content and trying out different things and you eventually kind of came to the decision that first of all it wasn't serving you and actually was maybe yeah. taking away from other things that you wanted to be putting more time into and then second of all it's like something that you used to love and so I think the more you try and force your yourself to do something that doesn't feel quite right for you at what particular time in your life you might be at the more you end up resenting it and I feel like knowing when to quit is actually really important because it can help to salvage something that could eventually you know like I feel like I'm phrasing that really badly but basically like you can now look at YouTube as like something really amazing that you have done and that maybe will return to in the future rather than completely resenting it and having like sort of a tortured relationship where you eventually just want to delete everything and move on and forget about it so I feel like actually quitting although it can seem like dramatic and obviously like you said you're not actually quitting but just pausing for the time being it can actually be one of the best things you can do for your potential future relationship with YouTube creation and also your memories of the time that you have been doing it because yeah
1: yeah I really agree with that I think the thing about YouTube is that even though it's very public facing Mm -hmm. when you are when you create content in any format whether that be the podcast YouTube Instagram any format it's a public facing hobby but at the end of the day it's still a hobby and with the hobbies that you have personally that no one would ever see on the outside you would feel no guilt over just putting it down for a side say if you down for a side putting it <laughs> to the side for a while say if you took up knitting and then a year later we're like you know what yeah. i don't want to knit all the time anymore yeah. no one would ever have to know you'd put it to the side and you could just you know shelf that for a while um but i think the problem when your hobbies are so public facing like for example i have had messages that have you know, said, when's your next video coming out? I miss your videos, which are so nice to receive. And if you sent me one of those, thank you so much for caring because Mm -hmm. that is obviously really lovely to hear. But it does come with an element of guilt, I think, when you're knowing when to quit content creation.
0: Yeah. It's tricky because I think as well, it's often quite an isolating hobby, creating content for YouTube, which I think is something that i would not ever considered when I was watching YouTube before creating it. You see someone, like zoella creating this content where you're like hey guys and talking all about this and as if you're chatting with a friend and you don't realize because you're consuming it and therefore it's like a reciprocal thing that for her filming it it's just her like there's no one else like giving you direct in time feedback and so if you are struggling with motivation struggling with time it can feel difficult to motivate yourself i think so it is really nice to know that people are like there and listening and watching and but equally watch. then it can mean that you feel bad because it's like oh actually this is not totally an isolated hobby and you can feel a sense of guilt for letting people down but ultimately you have to put yourself first your well-being the future that you want to create for yourself so in that case if it's like prioritizing writing you have to think about you know what serves your future your goals the things that make you happy so yeah it's tricky but i think it is important to kind of assess
1: what's going on and figure yeah. out what works for you. I was getting to the point where I was like cancelling plans or shortening plans or stressing out whilst I was out mm-hmm. doing social things about getting back in time to edit and get content up and it's just not the way I want to do content creation. I love creating content, it's one of my favourite things. I think I'm going to be much more active on Instagram because yeah. I already have a plan week by week of the reels I want to create and so love that kind of, that short kind of, form yeah, content. short form yeah. content that you, you can still, my favourite thing about video content is being able to tell a story. Yeah. And I think you can still do that on Reels, but it's much more manageable in your like life and your routine. So I think I'm going to be much more active on there. Podcast is one of my favourite things to do. And hopefully one day I'll have content in the form of another book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just just didn't feel productive to carry that on. And I think knowing when to quit is a really hard skill to develop. I definitely don't think I'm there yet because I think it's probably taken me way too long to come to this conclusion, mm-hmm. but I think it's a really handy skill to have. It's so good to balance plates, but it's also good to know when you're balancing too many. Yeah, I think one of the trickiest
0: things when it comes to knowing when to quit is that often each when you have eventually quit something, e.g. YouTube, it's just one thing. But you, as the individual who's spinning all of those plates, have to look at the bigger picture. So you're looking at uh, yourself spinning YouTube, podcast, writing, Instagram, full-time job, socialising, gym, yeah. You have loads and loads of different things going on, which... You know, when you look at each isolated thing, you're like, oh, that's not that big. But then when you look at the whole picture, it becomes so tricky because it is really difficult to know if you have to lose something, which something is going to have to go. And I feel like... That's often the hardest part is like coming to terms with the fact that you aren't invincible and you don't have an infinite amount of time to spend on everything. Because obviously, if we did have that extra hour in the day, it would be great. And maybe we would be able to figure out how to do everything. But I think there is definitely a power in knowing and admitting that you can't do everything and taking action. Because actually, if you're spreading yourself thin you're not going to be performing your best in any of the things that you're doing. So I think when it comes to knowing when to quit, although the initial feeling can be one of, like, guilt and failure, which is, like... I was going to say that. It's so linked to failure. I think there's a societal thing about quitting being failure. as if I've set myself up to do this thing and therefore I must do this thing for all of eternity Mm -hmm. or else I'm a failure. And so I think the initial feeling is that one that comes of all those feelings of, like, shame, guilt, all of those horrible things, but actually... It can be such a blessing to know that you can't do everything because then you actually give yourself the opportunity to be your better self just in general, but also in the other things that you may be putting your time into. So although it can feel like a failure, it could also be the thing that unlocks the key to your ultimate success in another area because you know, yeah. you can't do everything
1: all know, the time. I mean, what's the once.
0: phrase? Like a jack of all trades. You yeah. can't be a master of everything. And sometimes that can mean So saying goodbye to other things that you might enjoy in order to become the best you can be in something Mm -hmm. that you really, really care about.
1: Yeah, I think if you force yourself to continue all the things that you're doing forever because of a fear of failure, you stop yourself from evolving, which I think is always so important to let yourself evolve. For example, when I started YouTube, I was spending a lot of time on my own. I was in my third year of uni. I kind of lived on my own. I needed something to occupy my time. I Mm -hmm. wanted a creative skill. I was... Editing the first book, so I wasn't, you know, creating something new. So I felt the need to create. And so at that time in my life, I needed to create it and I had the time. Whereas now, I feel like my evolution as a human being, Mm -hmm. not to get on a philosophical level, but we do love it. We love it. Uh, We love a bit of philosophy. I feel like I'm evolving into someone that doesn't need to do that at this point in time. And so I feel like it would kind of stunt other areas of my life to force that. So I think it is important to realise when you need to quit something. And I actually think that this can kind of extend... If content creation isn't an area of life where you think this topic relates to you, I think you can definitely find other areas of life where Mm -hmm. it definitely will. I have been reading, I mentioned it in the roundup last week. I am still reading it. I am close to the end now. The Ex-Boyfriend Yard Sale by Hayley McGee, which I was gonna mention in the roundup, but then I decided that it was more relevant here, which is a memoir where Hayley, I will just point out, I love it. It's one of my favorite (laughs) memoirs of all time. If you like dating and life memoirs, such a good one. But she talks a lot about reflecting on her past relationships and whether they were, you know, a beneficial use of her time, the mm-hmm. cost of love, whether it's a waste of time and she talks a lot about knowing when to quit a relationship and I think Ooh. that that can, you know, it applies to romantic relationships, it applies to family or friends sometimes Yeah, knowing when things no longer serve you is such an important skill to have and it's a really hard one to hone in on but it definitely applies to relationships.
0: Yeah, which I think can be really tricky as in the thought of quitting a relationship is like
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: a horrible way to phrase it but like obviously it can be necessary and there is obviously the saying that's like you know some friends are just for a season Yeah, Um, and you know it's like you have to just think about yourself I think at the heart of everything that we're saying here is that you really just need to hone in on like who you are at whatever point in your life you are currently at and therefore as an extension of that. So if you are really in touch with yourself, which sounds super hippie. If it's you, important though. Yeah, if you're really in touch with yourself, your desires, your dreams, whatever you want to do with your life, then I think everything else is like you're the tree trunk <laughs> 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 and everything else is a branch, and off those branches, leaves fall and then regrow. And I've
1: made this so
0: so metaphorical. Um, But essentially, I feel like you are the core and other things will change and evolve and grow. And I think there is definitely a strength in knowing when to let go of things. And that's not a bad thing, but it is difficult because it can seem as though you're kind of like shedding layers of yourself as you let go of things that you've maybe previously identified yourself with, whether that is hobbies, like... You know, I'm sure you've had like YouTube in your Instagram bio and things like that. Or, you know, your relationship people know you as maybe a career that you decided to change. There are various things that we identify ourselves with. So quitting those things can feel very existential. But at your heart, I feel like most people know when it's time, mm-hmm. but it takes longer to, to actually collect those. Go. ties. So I think once yeah. you start having those feelings, if it's something that comes up regularly, that's when you know to quit because generally speaking those feelings don't change, they don't go away. And so really you just gotta think the faster you let go, the faster you pull the band-aid off, the faster you'll <laughs> I me, <mean>, you're American. <laughs> <laughs> the faster you will then
1: start to be on the path. That you that want you to be on. That meant right to be on you, as well. Yeah. It's so natural to outgrow things, whether that be relationships, whether that be hobbies, careers, anything that, you know, is linked to your identity. Because mm-hmm. all of those things are. It's meant to be that way. Like, we are not static. We do move. We do change. Our ex- lived experiences change, you know, the way our lives are going to go. And I think, yeah, knowing when to quit is very important. You should never stop that growth no. because I think it's very easy to want to I think it's very easy to want to stay in that comfort place where you know who you are you know the things that you tie to your identity and it's scary to let go of those things I am very scared to say you know because I've not really said it anywhere else and I'm no. probably not going to it's not something I want to make a big deal of enough. yeah um but it is scary to say out loud I'm not going to make content for a while on YouTube, like.
0: Yeah, it is scary. It's something it I've is. done for
1: so long that it feels very ingrained in who, ingrained in who I am yeah. and it is the same with as we were saying relationships and things like that I think we've all been, well I was going to say we've all been, you definitely <laughs> haven't been <laughs> but a lot of us have been in relationships which romantically carry on for a very long time and you probably drag them out further than you know you should because you don't want to see you know it to be seen as a failure, you don't want to mm. quit something but in the same way sometimes it's just time to let go and outgrow these things and it's yeah. just a natural part of life absolutely so the question we started this section with was
0: how to know when to quit so to boil down all of the waffle that we've said because i feel like we've talked about yeah. a, lot, a lot of things and i mean there's so many different ways like it is a really broad topic but to say how to know when to quit i would say if the self that you are right now and the things that you are doing in your present moment are not aligning with the future that you want to create for yourself then that's when you know that things have to change Mm -hmm. so it's kind of just thinking about where do you want to be and are the things that you're doing right now taking you out
1: that in that direction or are they hindering you and that's when you know definitely i think for me it's a sense of i get really overwhelmed and think when, like, when do I quit this? Is this going to be in my life forever? Do I have to keep doing this forever? I literally Mm. said that to you a couple of weeks ago. I was like, when do we quit YouTube? Do we have to do it our entire life? (laughs) And I think when it's, you know, it's not a joy anymore and it becomes a sense of just feeling overwhelmed all the time. For me, that's when I know when I need to quit. Yeah. So it's a hard one to identify and I'm sure everyone has different experiences with it, but it's, I think it's an interesting topic. Topic? Topic. Why can I not speak? (laughs) Topic to explore. It's definitely, but... Take away, it is okay to quit, and quitting there is, no is not synonymous it. with being, it's not a negative action, so yeah. Often it just makes room for new things, whether that be new people in your life, new experiences, new hobbies, new careers, like, it just makes room for the things that you are probably meant to be doing, rather than the things that you feel like you have to do. Word. <laughs> Peace out. Agony Anne, here we come. <laughs>
0: Okay, so moving into the Agony Ant section, we only have one question this week because I think it's quite a juicy topic, Yeah, lots to talk about, and I'm excited to dive into it. So without further ado, we have a question from someone who says that they are graduating this summer. So first off, congratulations. You did it. What an
1: achievement. During what I think would probably have been a very tough time to have your final year of university. That would have been time time for me to quit university, (laughs) knowing when to quit. Um, But,
0: tinging that excitement with something a little bit more tricky, which is where the agony aunt comes in. This person says, so I'm just about to graduate this summer and I'm actually going to be moving back home after graduation to figure out my next steps. But I'm a little bit worried about feeling like I'm regressing by moving back in with my parents and not knowing what I want to do next.
1: Do you have any advice for getting over that feeling of just not knowing what to do? I think this is one that most, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say most people that graduate mm-hmm. have this feeling. I can count maybe on one hand the people I knew that had a grad job lined up or knew exactly what they wanted to do and weren't moving back home. I yeah. think you're, I'll start off by saying I think you're in the majority rather than the minority. Absolutely. And even though people may not vocalise that, I think it's a scary thing to vocalise that you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I don't think many people will vocalise that feeling, but I think most people will be feeling it, especially considering we're coming out the other side of a pandemic. I imagine that it's very rare to feel like you have it all together at this point. So I think a lot of people will be feeling that way, even if no one wants to be the first one to say it. So it's completely valid, as we always say, whatever you're feeling, totally valid. Um, And I think that what you're doing is probably the more natural path after graduation. Absolutely.
0: So it's not necessarily going backwards. I mean, who decides what backwards is? Exactly. might be the next step on your path and i feel like taking the time to move back in with your parents and therefore kind of cherry pick the job that you want figure out where you want to be what industry you want to work in, you know, figure out all of the different intricacies of what will essentially be making up the largest portion of your life now that you move out of education and into a career. Like, that's such a big decision. Location and industry are so important for you to think about what is really right for you. So although it can seem as though maybe you're not, like, plodding on as fast as you would want to, it actually makes so much more sense for then making sure that the thing that you eventually do is... Gonna make you happy, and it's gonna be a decision that
1: you'll like. It has longevity, essentially. Yeah, I think see this time as a strength that you are able to move home. You're able to mm-hmm. kind of be supported during this time of figuring out what you want to do, and appreciate the fact that you can channel like this energy whilst you are at home into figuring it out because it is a very big decision, and I think it's kind of expected that you'll get to the end of your degree and you'll know exactly what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's the case for many people, especially no. since the majority of great degrees. Are not vocational, so no. I mean, you studied English, I studied geography. Neither of them had specific degree, not degrees, jobs yeah. attached to the end of those, like uh, compared to medicine or veterinary science or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think the majority of degrees don't have an obvious path, and so it's very natural to be feeling this way. I think we talk a lot on this podcast about you know our successes and where we are now, yeah. which is for you. I'm two. Am I two years after graduation? Was that two years ago for me, and it was three years for you? Yes. So it can seem maybe I don't know what it seems like, but I don't want it to ever feel like we just waltzed out of university and had it no, together. Because for me, not. I moved home. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my career, and no. then I moved to York, got a waitressing job, and then decided I wanted to do marketing. Like it took yeah, a variety you took your time of steps. Time to decide yeah, what was right? It took almost a year. Well, it was over. Yeah, it was over a year after I graduated that I got my first job in marketing and that time was necessary for me to be sure that it was something I wanted to do. I don't regret that and I even though at times it may have felt like I can relate to this, like I was taking a step backwards and I was getting left behind. In the end, I actually feel like it benefited me to take that time to really think about it. And so I think just really value this time you have. Explore in your mind or doing little bits of experiences here and there what you might want to go into next and really just appreciate this time you have now to think about it. Don't put pressure on yourself because I don't think pressure ever leads to, in most situations, anything productive. I think obviously there's like
0: pressure and then there's pressure so I feel like putting pressure on yourself in the sense of like okay I want to get somewhere therefore I'm going to take action steps and make a plan that's fine but I think putting pressure on yourself in the sense of I must have a job and it must be paying this amount and I have to do it within this time frame and if everyone else is doing it and I'm not then I'm a failure that's the kind of pressure that's not productive so I think if you know exactly what you want to do or you are starting to think how can I figure out what my life plan is and you put a bit of pressure on in terms of just taking those like steps like I said like taking action essentially I think that's productive pressure whereas I think comparing yourself to other people putting a ridiculous time frame on yourself and pushing yourself to do something because you think you need to do it rather than because it makes you happy that is not productive so I think yeah figure out like Take the time for you because it's your life eventually and no,
1: your life. (laughs) It's your life now, not eventually, right now. (laughs) Your
0: life essentially and you cannot live it for other people because I say this all the time and I don't know this because I don't have a massive social circle, but like there are probably people who you are comparing yourself to now and who you're like, I have to impress this person or I have to do this because this person is doing it, who you'll never speak to again, won't matter at all in the grand scheme of your life. So certainly don't make decisions based on what other people People in your like social group are doing
1: because it's not their life it is your life so definitely I yeah. was going to say like we talk a lot on this podcast um here and there about comparison mm-hmm. and how it is just this really negative thing where people feel the need and I don't know whether they're pushing to it by other people or society or social media but they feel the needs constantly compare and I don't think there's any time where it's kind of more there's as much of it as there is when you graduate. I think. Mm-hmm. Things like LinkedIn, where people are constantly celebrating the new jobs they've got. Yes. Spaces like Instagram, where people are posting that they've just moved out, they've just bought a house, they've just, I don't know, got engaged, I don't know what everyone's doing at that <laughs> stage. But theres it's such a time for comparison on social media, and it can be really difficult to deal with that. But everyone, we can say it a million times, everyone moves at their own pace, and yeah. there's nothing, you're definitely not going backwards by doing what you're doing. I think it's the path most people take, even if it's not most often spoken about I think moving back in your parents has a lot of back in your parents moving back in with your parents can have a lot of negative conversation Conversation, about it but actually it's can be a really positive thing I mean you can now save for a property of your own I mean that's positive I think there are a lot of positives to moving back home it's something that if I still wanted to live in Liverpool I would definitely be doing whilst I saved um I don't think you should let kind of society's pressure for everyone to move out immediately it's also something
0: very cultural i see this a lot but this like obviously we are both white and apparently this is something that's a lot more common in like white families like where it's a thing that you have to move out when you are oh i didn't know you know like 18 it's just more culturally thing like um paying board to your parents that's a lot more like apparently common in white culture and obviously not having like like multi-generational households, like where you would live with like grandparents and parents and children and grandchildren and stuff, all in one household. That's like something that, you know, we have kind of learned culturally, but actually in a lot of cultures, it's completely normal and encouraged to continue living with your family during your education and afterwards. So I feel like, you know, just think about if it feels right for you, if you have a family that you love, you get on with, that are happy for you to live with them,
1: yeah, That's such a, a great thing. I think thing. in time so, to come yeah. when you do move out, you'll, you'll really value them, yeah. the time that you have now. I mean, I wish sometimes I still live with my family because I miss my cat <laughs> so I think just value yeah. the time you have you know value the space that you're in with so much potential like see this as a time for potential mm-hmm. like you could do anything at this point and you get to live with your childhood pets at the same time whilst doing it
0: <laughs> wonder what's on your mind Like, <laughs> never mind Helen and Lee it's all about the.
1: Bobo <laughs> oh. is the love of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's clear. That's very clear.
0: Um, okay, but let's talk about though. If you are feeling like you've gone backwards, how can you start moving forwards? So obviously, this wasn't something that happened to you after university, but last year you did yeah. lose a job, and I feel like that's probably a similar feeling of yeah. like I was on the path, I was working, I was productive, and then you suddenly feel like oh everything that I was working on is gone what do I do next and I feel like that's really a similar feeling of I've been working towards a dissertation graduation was like the big focus and now it's happened what the hell do I do next I feel like it's a big like suddenly everything that you were focused on disappears and that's where the existential feeling of oh my god what do I do
1: yeah comes from so yeah what do you think so practical tips I would say in terms of fighting that feeling of moving backwards and you know, maybe feeling like a failure. I don't wanna put words in this person's mouth, but I know that that's something that I felt like. Mm-hmm. And wanting to know that there are people out there that feel the same way. I would say there are a lot of, kind of platforms online nowadays which talk about this feeling post-graduation specifically. Yeah. Just off the top of my head, I interned at New Graduate, which is a graduate platform. I also follow Truly20s, which is for people in their 20s. And they talk to real people, real stories. And it really opens up the conversation about that feeling after graduation and yeah. in your 20s where everything feels like a competition and you feel like you're constantly trying to catch up and it makes it a very, a much more open conversation. So I would say kind of curate your space, start maybe not following accounts that make you feel like a failure and start following, you know, these more open graduate accounts. That definitely helped me yeah. on the topic of internships whilst I was struggling to get an actual job at that time I looked at any and all experience I could try out
0: um there
1: are a lot of kind of if you can afford to do it unpaid internships or paid internships just any or voluntary placements any kind of experiences that you can get which might give you a taste of what you might want to do um Also creative hobbies, things that just make you feel productive. I think having, if you're at home, maybe job hunting and it can be really disheartening just getting into some kind of routine where you do those job applications or you do those bits of experience, but you also carve out time Mm -hmm. to maybe get up early and go for a walk or cook your own meals. I think that's another way to carve out your own space when you're living back with your parents. Maybe cook your own meals, do creative hobbies, just things that make you feel good and in a routine, even if you feel like you are lacking that career routine yeah, yet. absolutely
0: i was totally just gonna say about volunteering and things like that because again it's not related to finishing university but jay my boyfriend the editor of this podcast um, Jay, yeah always but um he is currently thinking about changing like career industries he trained in engineering when he was younger straight after sixth form um as an apprenticeship then said that wasn't for him and ended up working in another kind of job that isn't like a I love this job, this is what I want to do forever but it is a job that pays the bills Um, and obviously that is one of the most important things but he's now starting to think about like what he really wants to do going forward and building up his CV with experiences that kind of like are obviously relevant to industry that he might want to work in. So he's currently doing some voluntary work alongside his like full-time paid job and I think that's a great way to first of all meet other people and just like start experiencing things without committing yourself to a future in a certain industry and also practically take steps to bolstering your CV and you know, like eventually getting a job that makes you happy. I think voluntary work uh, can be such a great thing to do. It's what I did
1: whilst I was at university. I volunteered in some like marketing roles. Um, They can be so valuable. I think yes. there's so many out there um, and they're a great way, you know, without making that commitment and without waiting for yeah. hundreds, of, hundreds of job applications to then get a job and maybe find out that it's not for you. Yeah. They're a great way to get experience in roles and find out, you know, kind of what path is something that you might want to mm-hmm. go down. Also, I just think volunteering in general can make you feel really kind of good. It's definitely a serotonin boost whilst also, depending on what volunteering you're doing, doing something really positive as well. And I think if you're at a time in your life where you're feeling kind of stagnant, which is a really difficult space to be in, whatever age it happens to you at, feeling stagnant can feel horrible. Um, Just doing things to get you up, get you out, get you making positive steps in any direction is a good thing. So I think definitely volunteering is something I would always recommend I volunteered totally unrelated to my degree and time after graduation because I did this when I was like 13 but I volunteered in an animal shelter and my job was waking up the cats in the morning and giving them breakfast and I honestly think it was the biggest serotonin boost I've ever done so I'd highly recommend that that is definitely something that is worth trying out who
0: doesn't love cats we both do (laughs) that for sure but yeah I think just give yourself room take a breath And just remind yourself that the only path you need to be concerned with is yours. And if you have moved back home, then that is the right place for you on your journey. And you will get where you want to go. So just take the pressure off
1: yeah and absolutely. enjoy
0: the ride because you don't want to miss out on life and experiences by thinking about where you should be actually just think about where you are and making the most of it because that is your
1: reality so you might as well yeah. enjoy it and give yourself a massive pat on the back for finishing a degree in a pandemic yes. because i would not have wanted to do that so massive round of applause there nice. and i think give yourself credit where it's due You've just gone, you finished your degree in what is a really traumatic time for everyone, so that is something to be celebrated, and you have definitely pushed yourself and propelled yourself forward, not backwards. Yes, Queen! <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on that note, I feel like this has been a good episode. Or at least I've, I've had a good time. I enjoyed
1: it right from the beginning when we were arguing over who started
0: out. <laughs> it's when we go out and have a coffee before. It pecks we get a bit too high for but like too yeah, uh, much. Like, know know what we need to stop recording in person? <laughs> I know. Do we need the distance and barrier of FaceTime and signal to like calm us down? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but anyway thank you as always so much for listening and we will see you in the next
1: episode bye bye guys, bye, guys. <laughs>